All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications when we put up a new video. And, of course, upvote the video itself. I'm here with Bryce Kuhn from GoJackets.com, the 24-7 affiliate of Georgia Tech. And we're here to talk about the game this weekend. How you doing, Bryce? Oh, doing well, man. Uh, week three is finally here. And uh, this is one that a lot of Tech fans have had circled on the calendar, and a lot of people in general. You know, I don't think there's a massive slate of big games. Uh, so this is one of the kind of games, obviously, in prime time there at 3.30. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and it's also a game that they put in the game notes. I saw in the Tech game notes that this is the, last, the first regular season game the two teams have played since 1946. And the last time you were on your show, I actually did a video about that specific thing. But it's nice that this is a regular season game again. And next year, when they go to Oxford, it'll actually be like destiny fulfilled, like closing the loop on that story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, aside from Georgia, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where we don't see a lot of SEC games for Georgia Tech. You know, they had the, the weird rivalry they've had for a long time, um, you know, for – with Auburn that I would love to see once again, um, you know, but, but other than that, it's just kind of been, uh, you know, here and there, but obviously this is a really good deal that they were able to come to Atlanta this year and go to Oxford next year, which uh, I know tech fans are going to enjoy the, uh, the pageantry of uh, Oxford, Mississippi as well next year. Yeah. Considering they've never been to the state of Mississippi yeah. because Bobby Dodd was famously against traveling to Mississippi. Um, but when if y'all would have went to Mississippi in that period, y'all would have probably played games in Jackson before y'all got out of the SEC. So y'all probably wouldn't have seen the Grove or anything about Oxford. None of that existed then. And Georgia Tech, I'm just going to say, they're going to be able to get the full experience next year when they get to Oxford. Yeah, and I, I think that's exciting. I mean, look, as a college football fan, your team, you want to be able to visit some cool places. Uh, whether your team wins or not, obviously Tech fans want to see their team win. But uh, to be able to go to a place like Oxford next year is going to be really special. Uh, it's one of the, to, to me, especially as a person who grew up in the Southeast, that's a place that uh, you kind of kind of knock off the bucket list uh, for, the, for the tailgating experience. You know everything. Uh, I mean, the game's awesome, but as Stephen, as you well, we both know, Oxford itself is just a great place to be on game day. Yeah, as the joke is, Ole Miss has never lost a party. And, there we go. Uh, yeah, so it should be a lot of fun whenever the Jackets come to town in 2023. Let's let's talk about the game this weekend. Um, Georgia Tech is transitioning from Paul Johnson and his Flexbone triple option system to a more, let's just say, modern system um, that Jeff Collins is running. And there's going to be hiccups because on this show, we are all about systems. And there's not much you can do else besides the Flexbone. Maybe the true air raid. And, go, and whenever you bring things back to the middle, it's just hard to do. You don't have the right guys to do it. How's that transition going for Georgia Tech? Man, uh, you know, three straight wins, three or three straight seasons, three wins each year. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's the hardest part right there. I mean, uh, results, I would say, to me, aside from last year, didn't really surprise anybody the first two years. You just knew, and it was no disrespect to the kids that were there, you just didn't have the personnel, like you said, to run what you wanted to run. Uh, Paul Johnson, a fantastic coach. Um, I think he's up for the College Football Hall of Fame this year. So, obviously, with you know what he has accomplished in his career, aside from Georgia Tech, Navy, Georgia Southern as well, uh, you know he is a great coach. But moving from that, 
I, I think one was the right decision. Uh, if they wanted to compete in modern college football at a consistent basis in a more uh, – have a heavier presence in postseason play, you had to make that switch. Um, and I think, too, just with where now we see college football is from an NIL standpoint, kids want to go to a place not only that provides them NIL opportunities, but it also gives them a chance to you know go to the NFL – Look, you know, Tech was going to put an athlete here or there every once in a while in the NFL, but really, um, you know, where where can you find consistency where you had to move to a more traditional offense? And, you know, that's no knocks against, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers we've seen in the past 20 years. Obviously, the late, great Demarius Thomas as well. So uh, a lot of great players have come through Tech, but I think that this switch as a whole has been uh, a really challenging growing experience. Uh, I think the program itself has learned what it takes to financially support, you know, a modern college football program where Paul Johnson arguably did a lot with very little. Uh, and I mean the fact that, you know, from a coaching staff perspective, I mean, Stephen, we've all seen that graphic after the national championship game of Alabama's coaching staff and Georgia's, and there's 47 analysts on both lists. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so Georgia Tech hired some of their first offensive analysts, they hired their first quarterbacks coach in the Jeff Collins era this past offseason. Uh, there was no reason to have a quarterbacks coach, you know, mm -hmm. with Paul Johnson. There was no reason to have other things. Paul Johnson was your offensive coordinator. So I think all of these things from a personnel to how a program is run on the day-to-day, -day, uh, it's all brand new. Uh, now the problem is, is that the results have not come. And year four is this is a pivotal year for Jeff Collins, and that's kind of the feeling and center around the program. It's been tough. The results haven't been there. But if you go back and look, I think it's really easy from a national perspective to say, wow, that's, that's a bad football program. Like, they're just – they're bottom of the barrel. And, and while I'll give it to you, the results are not there. This is a program, too, that outside of the last two games last year against Notre Dame and Georgia, they were competitive everywhere else. Um, and, look – not a lot of teams were really competitive with Notre Dame and Georgia last year. Those were two top ten programs in Georgia winning the national championship. Um, and even this year, I think it's just a wildly inconsistent team that's still trying to find itself and its identity. Uh, you know, and this year with a br almost brand new coaching staff that Collins rehauled this past offseason. So, I would say that the transition is still trending upward. There's still some positive things from the first two games that you could look at. Uh, but, man, they really do need a marquee win. And more importantly, Stephen, they have not had back-to-back -back wins in the Jeff Collins era yet. Uh, this is year four. They have not been able to be consistent. And so I would caution uh, – and I caution Tech fans and I caution, you know, Ole Miss fans to realize that this is not a program that is devoid of talent, just wildly inconsistent. But at times we've seen what they can be. North Carolina last year when they pulled off that upset – uh, even the Clemson game, you know, for the first two and a half quarters of what this team can be when they are playing consistent brand of football. Yeah, and I noticed that Clemson game, and part of that possibly could have been uh, whatever his name, ukulele, DJ ukulele, <laughs> uh, playing quarterback. I, I'm not exactly sure how good he is, and I'm not sure how yeah. good Clemson is. But Georgia Tech, for three quarters in that game, they were in it. They were actually yeah. in it. And I've told Ole Miss fans um, – this week that Georgia Tech is a talented team. They're the most talented non-conference team that Ole Miss will face. They are probably not the best non-conference team that Ole Miss will face. Um, but they are talented. There are pieces in place. There's a linebacker. I forget his name. Um, 
he's been all Charlie over the Thomas. field. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's been all over the field. There's players that make plays. This team has the most sacks for Georgia Tech um, in the first two games since 2007. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Sims is a three-year starter at quarterback. There are pieces in place. Now, I told people that for Georgia Tech to make hay in this game, realistically, Jeff Sims needs to have one of those Steven Garcia-type 2009 games against Alabama. And I don't know if that is in Jeff Sims' tool bag. Yeah. No, I mean, look, that's that's a great point, Steven. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think Jeff Sims has a ton of uh, – tools in his toolbox if we if that makes sense but it just feels like he hasn't quite unlocked the ability to use each one yet uh you know he came in his freshman year was a covid year Uh, they beat florida state on the road Uh, you saw you've seen flashes over and over of what he can be and i think that's kind of been the frustrating things for fans uh because man if this kid could put it together He's extremely talented. Now, the kid's an athlete first. Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest thing Ole Miss fans have to know. Uh, you talk about that type of effort. We saw it um, in the second, third, and fourth quarter against North Carolina last year. What he can do, how he can be a nightmare for opposing defenses with his legs and his arm strength because the kid has a cannon. Uh, it's all in between the years for him. I mean, that that's just the biggest thing. And, and I'll say this. For the first two years of his career, there were some big-time head scratchers. The first two games of this season, I still see some of those, but I think more of it was a product of uh, just trying to do too much. If, if he, I don't think that he necessarily has to win this game by himself because they do have some options. He's got weapons to use. Uh, we'll just have to tell. I mean, it, can they be consistent enough? Can he make the right decision enough times in a row uh, and not try to play hero ball and get into a situation where you could take yourself out of the game early on. That's the biggest concern amongst fans is let's give ourselves a chance, much like you did in that Clemson game, into the third quarter. Don't take yourself out of an opportunity to win a football game in the first and second quarter. Yeah. Uh, Besides Jeff Sims, tell me about the offense that Georgia Tech is having this year. Um, Chip Long is the offensive coordinator. I think he was at Tulane Mm -hmm. last year. Um, Mm -hmm. So Ole Miss fans will be familiar with what they want to do. But talk about that offense a little bit. Yeah, the offense, obviously, with Chip Long, it feels um, a little bit more creative this year. And what I mean by that is we all we all know that one offensive coordinator that our uh, fan, favorite team has had that just runs the ball right up the middle three times, and you're like, where's the creativity? That's kind of where Tech was the past couple of years. So this year, um, it's a lot of pre-snap movement, uh, a lot of involvement of the tight ends. Uh, you're going to see a lot of two running back sets. You're going to see a running back flexed out. Uh, you're going to see a six foot seven wide receiver in EJ Jenkins, who is going to line up on the outside. He's going to line up in the backfield sometimes. He's going to line up in the H back role. Uh, they're going to use these guys, and then they're going to use another guy, a speedster, Nate McCollum, who is a slot guy that is going to be used uh, on an end around, a reverse, stuff like these things. So there's a lot of eye candy that I think Ole Miss's defense is going to have to be disciplined on. Uh, they were able to get Clemson a couple of times with that, and then Western Carolina last week with, uh, you know, looking into the backfield too much and uh, not, you know, not staying true to their assignment. So I think that's one thing that uh, Georgia Tech's going to want to do. And then it's still an offense that even though they've gotten away from the option, uh, Chip Long jokingly went this past weekend uh, into a flex bone offense for a whole drive. Like he had, it, it was, it was, 
fans were jokingly and sarcastically cheering because Georgia Tech drove down the field, essentially running a uh, abbreviated version of the triple option. And so he's going to throw a bunch of different looks. Uh, they have some running backs. I mean, obviously, national news is, you know, Jameer Gibbs is gone. We saw he pretty much almost willed Texas to a win, you know, last week. Or willed, willed Alabama to a win over Texas last week. So I think that, you know, it's still going to be run heavy. Uh, they ran for over 200 yards on the ground, five rushing touchdowns last week. Uh, they're going to mix and match and take some shots down the field uh, because I think that was the one thing that hurt them against Clemson. With Clemson's strength being that front seven, Stephen, they didn't have a lot of chances to take shots downfield because not many teams are going to have a lot of time uh, to do that against Clemson's front. So I think with Georgia Tech and what they're going to try to do, especially against Ole Miss, is spread the field out occasionally so Ole Miss can't put eight, nine, ten guys in the box and just commit to stopping the run. They don't want to be one-dimensional. Uh, that's where they've been hurt a lot of times. So um, what kind of experience does Georgia Tech have going against um, these three safety teams? Like um, mm-hmm. Iowa State and that, because Ole Miss runs a very unique defense, Ole Miss and Arkansas both. And it's one that the first time you see it, it kind of gets you. Matt Corral, the first time they played against Arkansas, he threw six interceptions and when yeah. they went up there. Uh, it, it, it's a little bit weird. What kind of experience does Jeff Sims have with that defense? Well, I would say, you know, talking with him preseason uh, was one of the big things is we kind of brought up, you know, what looks are you kind of – as the defense giving you? And that was something – that Andrew Thacker, defense coordinator, they gave him a lot of looks in practice. But we all know that the looks you get in practice are very, very different than game reps and game speed reps. So I think for Sims, it's not something that he has really seen a ton in a game. Uh, You know, over the past two years, his starting, I can't confidently recall a team that has really come out committed to that type of look. Uh, There's been some shades of it, Florida State, did it a little bit in year one uh, in that COVID year. Uh, but other than that, it's it's not something he's terribly familiar with. And I think the worry, like we talked about, is Sims is prone to try to make the big play. And in a game where you feel like you do need to establish uh, yourself, uh, that could be a worry. That could be a worry because, like you said, Matt Corral threw the six picks against uh, Arkansas. I hate to say that, but you could see something like that happen in this game where he feels like he's got to make a big play. And due to this unfamiliar look, I know they've looked at it on film, but you know that's the coach speak coming out. Well, we've looked at it on film. You know, we've given some looks until you've seen it in a game with 60, 70, 80,000 people screaming. It's, it's completely different. So hmm. I think that Sims, he, if he tries to force the ball, that's going to be an issue, especially against that type of defense. Because like you said, I mean, that's, you've got to be able to really pinpoint where you want to throw the ball and deliver on that. And uh, consistently he's struggled with that ability. Yeah, if you're late, you're going to turn the ball over against mm-hmm. that defense. Speaking of defense, that's where Jeff Collins has made his bones in the past. And um, he's a former defensive coordinator, actually a former Egg Bowl <coughs> defensive coordinator. What does the Georgia Tech defense look like this year? You know, surprisingly, Stephen, uh, and you guys know, you have one of former Georgia Tech defensive lineman, edge rusher Jared Ivey. A uh, wonderful young man. Uh, really enjoy him, and I know he's excited. His entire family's excited to come back to Atlanta uh, for this game. But, you know, it's a defense that you mentioned earlier. Charlie Thomas is a linebacker who has been the guy for them. Uh, he he is all over the place. I mean, he is the definition of a guy who has a nose for the football. Um, he's been unreal. Keon White, uh, he's got three and a half sacks right now. So he's, you know, like six in the country in sacks here early on. 
He's an edge rusher. He's going to be very, very good. The defensive line's been solid, very, very solid. Uh, I think it's been more disciplined. Uh, they fell to, that, fell to that in Western Carolina last week, which I kind of chalked that game up to being you played that game on five days of rest. You really only practiced two times due to having a mandatory off day and then a walkthrough day. So that's really, really hard, in my opinion, to try to turn around and play after playing an emotionally physical game on a Monday night. And then you play in terrible, nasty weather in Atlanta on Saturday. So there was a lot of, you know, some some discipline issues. We get caught a couple wheel routes that we're able to get past. But this is a group that predicates itself, I think, on the front seven. And they're still trying to figure some things out of the back end. They've got a lot of talented guys. I know we talked earlier about what they've done through the portal uh, in the previous episode. I think that with the talent continuing to come back, that's going to be where it's going to be tested the back end of the defense. You know, I know Ole Miss's offensive line uh, isn't, you know, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to win an, an award co- collectively, but that's going to be an interesting battle. Is Georgia Tech's defensive line, which is still, I feel like, the strength right now of this group, uh, the linebackers being able to flow freely. But if they have time, this Georgia Tech secondary is really going to be tested for the first time. Like you mentioned, Clemson didn't throw the ball a ton, uh, especially early on in the game. So you're going to have guys like Miles Sims, uh, Zamari Walton, Kenyatta Watson, LaMiles Brooks that are really going to be tested in this Georgia Tech secondary. And we don't really know. I mean, we can only tell you what we've seen in practice. We don't really know what it looks like, uh, especially against a you know play caller like Lane Kiffin, that if he knows your weakness, he's going to do everything in his power to exploit it. Yeah, over and over and mm-hmm. over again. It's actually um, quite interesting to say. Before we get out of here, Georgia Tech doing the gold, gold, white uniform for this game. That's yeah. kind of a, that's kind of a new look for them um, in recent years, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, they unveiled some new jerseys through Adidas this past year. Uh, they have gold tops, uh, navy tops, and the white tops. And as you know, Tech's one of the few teams in the country. I think LSU does this as well. They traditionally wear the white tops at home. Uh, when Ole Miss, obviously, they're doing the all-white look, Tech will go with the gold, gold, white, which they wore in the Calvin Johnson days, uh, the days when they won the national title, a share of it in 1990. So, uh, you know, do another look, and, and that's that's for the kids. The kids love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I know they were excited to wear those. And so, man, I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Uh, I know um, I've already talked with a lot of Ole Miss people. You know, they're, they're going to be there. They're making the trip up to Atlanta because it's not a bad trip whatsoever. I mean, it yeah. really is an I-20 across – not bad whatsoever once you get there. So this is – I think this is a really good matchup and a measuring stick to see where Tech is. I mean, Clemson, number four team in the country at the time, they've dropped back. I mean, that's a tough matchup just with their defense alone. Uh, this is a better measuring stick, and this is really kind of where rubber meets the road for Georgia Tech. Over the next three games, they've got UCF next week on the road, and then they go to Pitt. These three could really determine a lot for Jeff Collins in the future of Georgia Tech. So if you found that Georgia Bulldog grad that – made Georgia Tech schedule this year yet? It's almost like somebody <laughs> made it and said, we are trying to get this guy fired because it is, it is not easy whatsoever. Not easy whatsoever. You look at it, it's like a Western Carolina and then a couple of conference games. It's like, ooh, ooh. I know. At UCF, you got to go to the bounce house. Oh. Yeah, it's not, not fun whatsoever. Anyway, Bryce, man, thank you for coming on the show today, and good luck this weekend, and be safe, man. Appreciate it, Stephen, as always. Thanks, man. All right, take care.